If you want to become financially independent, come to my seminar. Let me show you how to make the fortune you have always dreamed about. Ready? Go! What happens if you are named in Nelson Rockefeller's will? You get rich quick. Stand on the line, turn the game again. Everybody's gonna lose and I'm gonna win. Gonna get rich quick. Hello out there in Radio Free Brooklyn land, iTunes podcast land, audio boom land. Once again, it is another fun-filled afternoon, evening, morning of entertainment for at least an hour with Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. We are here today to entertain, but really inform. And enrich. Enrich. We are here for your benefit. We are here for your benefit. And for ours. Mutual benefit all around. Because uh, we join hands together, we sing Kumbaya, and we pass along information to make millions, possibly billions. And then we pass the basket. (laughs) Do pass (laughs) the basket. Don't forget the basket. It's amazing to me that we've done several of these shows now, and I still get a good chortle out of the fact Every time you bring up tithing in some fashion, <laughs> it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. Yeah. It means our relationship is strong, though. It means, yeah, it keeps it fresh. You still make me laugh. It's like, uh, you ever you ever see the, the comic Milk and Cheese? I have not. We've actually spoken about this before, and I keep forgetting the name, but enlighten me. Okay, so Milk and Cheese are uh, a, a comic book by, about a milk and a cheese... <laughs> Who basically all they do is get drunk and like beat up and kill people uh-huh. and say horrible puns while they do it. <laughs> and if you think that's a funny concept, uh-huh. you love milk and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think that's funny for a page, stay away from milk and cheese. Thus the tithing. <laughs> yeah, I guess the tithing is our milk and cheese. It is our milk and uh-huh. cheese. Hopefully it's yours too, listeners. That's right. <laughs> I wonder if the lactose intolerant would like milk and cheese. Everybody would, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Ooh. Um, hey, I have a, a little something. It's not necessarily a timely story, but I was reminded of it the other day. Uh-huh. And uh, I just wanted to bring it up. Okay. I think it's something you would appreciate. Uh, so this weekend, I bumped into my neighbor, Marie, who is an older Italian woman who lives uh, in the building next to me uh, with her uh, with her sister, and across the street from me used to be Uncle Frankie, who was their cousin. Mm-hmm. And also in the apartment next to him used to be Frankie, who was Frankie's uncle. But he passed away a long time ago. And Frankie's actually since passed. But uh, So just so I get this straight, you have Marie. Marie. Her sister, yeah. who lived together. Yeah. And there was Uncle Frankie, who was their cousin, who L- lived across the street. Well, Frankie and Uncle Frankie. Fra- oh, Frankie was the cousin. Then Uncle Frankie was his yeah, uncle. Yeah, I may have said uncle. it backwards. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm just trying to get the names down. But okay. Anyway, yeah. Uh, and so Frankie and Marie used to get in these conversations, screaming out their windows uh-huh. across the street at each other, <laughs> That's right? So old school. And uh, <laughs> like one would just open the window and be like, Marie, Marie. And she'd come to the window and like, yeah, Frankie. And they'd get in some conversation. Uh, And then this one time I was sitting there uh, in these benches, basically right underneath them. Mm -hmm. And uh, they start talking about uh, like basically like 
did you hear about Tony? <laughs> and his face goes, no, no, what, what, what about Tony? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go for 20 minutes, a half an hour, listing people. <laughs> and it was just like, uh, what about Mario? <laughs> Cancer, he's dead. <laughs> and it just went on like that for a half an hour, 20 minutes, half hour, just <laughs> listing names with the follow-up of, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> you don't get that much anymore, do you? No. I'm probably not there because he's dead. He right? is, yeah. And so who's she going to shout it across the street to? Yeah. No, no one across the street. That's right. Maybe you. You can stick your head out of the window and just bring up, bring it up like old times. Marie! Yeah. I'd have to, I'd have to go sideways, that's but yeah. That's okay. That used to happen, too. Yeah. They used to lean out and, like, look at each other. They would be in windows next to each other. Oh, yeah. And they'd lean out and turn and face each other. They both actually had pillows. Mm-hmm. Just for putting on the windowsill so that they could, like, <laughs> they lean could on. Lean their arms on. <laughs> Deb's mom <clears throat> used to, we were, just, it's, we were just talking about this a couple days ago. Her neighbor used to come over, because they had a little house in Queens. But, you know, you can take the ethnic out of the city, but they're still going to do the same things, you know, that they grew up with sticking... And her neighbor used to come around to the little alleyway between the homes. Sometimes she would lean out her kitchen window, wrap on Deb's mom's kitchen window, and then she'd open it, and they would be six inches away from each other, <laughs> eight inches away from each other, and have a conversation through the window like that, yeah. leaning out just like they were back in the city. So I, I that is old school. You don't see that anymore. You can still see it. When I used to do... Uh, do <clears throat> location scouting for movies for a time. I did a lot of films, particularly independent features. You, we'd end up shooting in the projects a lot because there was always a set low wage, and then you know people would take whatever you would really offer them because it was free money as far as they were concerned to use their apartment or something. But people would hang out their windows and shout down yeah. and across. Yeah. But you don't see that. You know, these neighborhoods, the old people aren't, they can't afford to live here anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I w when I first moved here, I, I used to live in Frankie's building, mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> my kitchen window basically butted right up against the building next door's kitchen window, mm -hmm. and both of us always had our blinds down, not all the way, but like high enough that you could never see any heads, uh -huh. right? And there was this couple that was next door where they would just constantly be in these horrible screaming matches <laughs> and lots of, like, always naked, right? <laughs> and uh, some place opened up and uh, across the street, uh, on the same side of the street I'm on now. Uh -huh. I, I live directly across the street, I, which I mentioned before, from my original apartment. And uh, so I go into this place, and the woman's bartending, I was talking to her, and like, where do you live? Oh, I live on the fifth floor over here. Where do you live? Oh, I live on the fourth floor over here. And we're talking and talking and talking. And we kind of get into like, oh, our neighbors. And we come to realize our buildings number the floors differently. 
and my building calls the first floor the floor you walk in on, and her building calls the first floor the first floor you walk up to. <laughs> and we were the neighbors we were both talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that conversation basically ended the second that both crystallized the realization in our heads and we both like oh just, just different topic <laughs> excellent yeah that is excellent the interesting thing about the leaning out of these windows and talking across is really what what is that it's all about saving energy, right? It is. It Not is. Why get up and get go up and down? Get up and go outside and, when yeah. you can conserve your energy and use it to project and shout across the street to someone to have a conversation. Wow, that sounds like a good topic <clears throat> for a show. Funny that <laughs> it comes up like that. Maybe a bit of a stretch, but today's topic is... Energy. That's right. We all use it. We all need it. That's right. It's renewable. It's fossil. It's money. But it is money. <laughs> So, energy is a very broad topic. It, it, it's fairly broad, yeah. yeah. Which is good. We mm -hmm. like broad topics here. Mm -hmm. Why should we, we pigeonhole ourselves or put ourselves in a bind? Exactly. We want a topic broad enough to be able to make sure that we make you, the listener, as much money as possible. That's right. As educated as possible. Yeah. Um, and so, energy. What do you have on energy, Noel? Oh, I got lots and lots and lots. Uh -huh. Um. Uh, you know, I, I, I do have to admit, when I first started doing research for this episode, I went down a lot of roads thinking I was going for gold, mm -hmm. which ended up being horrible. Mm -hmm. And so many things I thought like, oh man, yeah, this, no way. Like, uh, for instance, um, uh, one thing I was going to look into was, you know, those energy resellers? The, the guys who who collect your energy the the people who come up to you 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 your place is kind of cordoned off here right. so you may not get it but they'll come to your door mm -hmm. and they'll try to get you to sign up for buying your energy through them instead of con ed yes i've i've seen that but i've only seen that with kind of renewable energy guys they're all lying right oh okay it's all a scam okay right they're, they're, it's just basically they're buying energy in bulk through commodities basically right. okay and then uh selling it on and a lot of them are they, they've been found out are selling it for seven times what it originally would have cost and things like that but they're trying to pigeonhole you by saying like oh uh look that your bill goes up and down and this one's fixed right. and things or like that and You'll be getting renewable energy, but you're only spending ten cents more. Yeah, right. but okay. but they're not making the energy. Right, I got. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it turns out I, I looked into how you would do this. Uh huh. And if you were going to do it, I looked up in New Jersey, for instance. It would cost you, uh, up to at at least I should say, a hundred thousand dollars just for the bonding fees that you would need. Just to be applying to do this, really. So you wouldn't. It doesn't even guarantee that you'll get it. You're basically giving them a hundred grand to. No, the you have to be bonded right. for a huge amount of money, right? And so for the bond, you have to pay over ten percent of that of what the bond's for. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, right. It's like a bail bond, right? Yeah, only yeah. you know before oh, you commit some, the crime. That's right. There's some bounty <laughs> hunting for you. Yeah. 
Um, so I figured that's not a, a good way to get rich quick. Uh, <laughs> no. I also looked into what I thought would be wonderful, uh-huh. <laughs> which would be, you know, what, what, what do you think of the energy frontier now is the Arctic? Right. So I looked into... But uh, when you say the energy frontier, what I think of, just so I think of the, the Arctic, because it's melting and the big battle right now that's going on over it between Russia and the U.S. and various northern countries is access to the oil rights, mm-hmm. right? Is that the energy of which you speak? Is it fossil fuel or are you seeing... Oh, I'm th- yeah, I'm talking fossil okay. fuel. Okay, yeah. all right, just yeah. so we're on the same page. Uh, but can as a Canadian... Canada goes all the way up there. It does. And Canada's I, not I, fighting I did, for rights. I, they they own so much of that. Right. I gotcha. I mean, there's a whole there's, you know, there was something I saw that there's a whole a real kind of sort of Cold War battle going on over the coldest part there of is. the world yeah. right now. Basically and, between Alaska and, and you uh Russia. Right, exactly. I mean, US and Russia. Yeah. Right. Alaska. <laughs> Canada doesn't fight for anything. No, we, 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 we've got it all. Look look at a map. Mm-hmm. You, you ever see those maps that aren't uh, distorted for a globe? Yeah. And how much bigger certain parts of the world really are than mm-hmm. what they look like on a globe? Mm-hmm. The, the top of Canada that just goes up and up and up is huge. So Canada's got a really big head. Canada's got a giant head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I looked into buying land up there. It's all owned by First Nations or the government. Right. So you can't buy it. Uh, you can't lease it and use it for this. Mm-hmm. And then I had this great idea. In my mind, I was thinking like the North was like the Old West, where it was one woman. For every you know, ten ten men right. per woman and stuff like that. It's so still it's like, like that. Uh, well, I looked up stats uh-huh. in uh, the Northwest Terries, uh, Northwest Territories, uh-huh. and Nunavut, which is the new province that they created, basically uh, given to the Inuit people up there. Mm-hmm. And no, there's this. It, it's equal men and women because people haven't moved there for some booming industry. Oh, I see what They're you're from saying. They're from there and right. raised there, and right. it's 50% men and 50% women. Right. But but when you get into sort of the oil areas, mm-hmm. right, where they're digging, where they bring men out there, and then I have friends who have friends, who female friends, who would spend their summers in college stripping up in the Northern Territories <laughs> in, in oil boomtown uh-huh. and walk away with like 40 grand. For the summer, yeah, and then you know, pay off all their, you know, not have to pay any of their, you know, not have to take out loans and pay for all of That's their great. stuff and stuff like that. And they actually really kind of liked it because the guys were remarkably, they were so excited just to have new people there mm-hmm. to talk with and to talk about like different places other than this middle of the nowhere hellhole where you have to be indoors nine months out of the year because yeah. it's so fucking cold all the time. That they were just really uh, 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 friendly to them. And that actually couples, like families, not the kids obviously, but husbands and wives would come because this was entertainment. It was live entertainment as far as they would okay. they were concerned. And they would actually like get invited to people's homes to have dinner with the families oh, that's and great. stuff like that. So, you know, 
there's a quick, just off the top, get rich quick kind of scheme. I mean, 40 grand, 30, 40 grand in, in three months of dancing naked, uh, you could do worse. Yeah, you sure could. Um, but so in, but is so, okay. So, so it's still 50, 50 up there. Yeah. Right. So yeah, my, my original plan was to try and go up and marry into, uh, like an Inuit <laughs> group. And then when they discover land on their uh, oil on their land, uh-huh. you're part of the riches that go through. But that it, it, there is not this disparity that I was sure in my mind right. there was. It would it work if, if the disparity is generally in these situations, the disparity is fewer women than men. Well, this was going to be a, a tip for women only. Okay, all right, I got you. I was trying to think how you were going to go up there, because you had said you were going to go up there and marry into an Inuit. No, 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 no. This was a, like, a, a, a tip for women. you dressed in drag in my head. Yeah. <laughs> trying to pass that off would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if that was actually the tip? Is Here's how to convincingly convincingly pass. That's a woman. <laughs> Noel Deneen's rules on drag. Yeah. Take a look at Noel on our Facebook page, and you'll see how funny that really <laughs> yeah i know i think i have to shave usually about five minutes after i've shaved <laughs> um it's you know interesting that you bring up canada and the oil in canada because oh, yeah. as you know the native population and the uh canadian government and the oil companies are at odds over pipelines passing through not unlike what we were starting to go through with keystone xl but yeah. it's on a much higher plane going on in canada you know, most of us in this country don't pay much attention to what's going on in Canada. But there was a guy up in Canada who uh, kind of figured it out how to stop the oil companies from forcing their pipelines through your property. Apparently in Canada, the way it works is that, uh, sorry, let me get this right to you here. Uh, um, Canada says that the law is mining companies can legitimately lay claim to any land underneath private property to a depth of six inches. Okay. Meaning that anything below the top six inches of land on a person's property, a mining company can claim. So what that allows them to do is to sort of dig under your property, Right. Um, go through it in some in some fashion, laying pipe through it. So what he did, he's an artist, and he copyrighted the top six inches of his land. This is an 800-acre property he has. It was a family farm. The top six inch, inches of his land is copyrighted as an artwork. Oh, wow. That's great. <clears throat> what that does, again, this is Canada. I can't say that this works for the United States is because it's copyrighted, it changes the amount of money that they have to give him for any destruction that happened. If it weren't copyrighted, if it weren't copyrighted as an artwork, they would have to pay something like $200 an acre. Now it's like $200,000 an acre for any destruction that he does. Good for that guy. How he did it was he claimed uh, certain things as... uh, as art, one of which is a 33-meter long ship sculpted with willow stalks, mm-hmm. uh, winter ice forms, 
<laughs> Icicles. Yeah. Uh, Nest-like structures in trees. Nests. Nests. Statuesque towers and a lifeline, in quotes, or visual autobiography composed as a white picket fence built in annual sections left to weather naturally. <laughs> and yeah, the copyright drastically increases the remuneration of around $200 for lost crops to around $600,000 for an artistic property disturbance. Yeah. What he's also done, he's decided that he's going to deal with the oil companies as a businessman and calls himself a consultant. So apparently what they do is they will, to f- try and sort of force your hand, they will, if you even if you say no, they will call and harass you and call and harass you and just won't leave you alone. He now charges $500 an hour for a meeting. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so if they will meet with him, they come in, they'll meet with He says the meetings are real short. Yeah. You know, half an hour, an hour, and then that's it. They don't. They don't want to pay him, and they've actually spent millions and millions of dollars to build around his property. So, for all of you up in Canada, and we know we have uh, some listeners up there now. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Alberta um, is is kicking it into high gear. Kicking it into high gear in Alberta. Uh, kicking it into high gear in Alberta. Um, you know, this is something that you guys can maybe think about doing. Yeah. You know, we also have some uh, BC and Toronto listeners. I know. BC is uh, British Columbia. British Columbia. Yeah. yeah, I know we have Toronto. Toronto. I was listening to a Canadian speaking on uh, some interview the other day, and she kept saying Toronto. Yeah, second T's for tourists. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the first O is for tourists as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just a little a little tip. Yeah. You know, I, this is something I was going to actually bring up is that Keystone Pipeline. Uh-huh. I, I, I know what the positions are as far as the official conservative position and the official liberal position mm-hmm. on it and i know why they say how, how do you feel about that pipeline i have no real honest information on it yeah you know i don't know how to feel about it i mean you know i'm a skeptic so anytime a major cor- and this is just who i am uh-huh. i don't believe major corporations 90 percent of the time and so anytime they say things like it's going to bring thousands of jobs uh, yeah, don't I don't believe, believe that. that for a second. Yeah, I don't so believe that. So that, to me, would be the only reason to allow that thing to pass through our country. It's not bringing us—Canada it's, it's, owns the oil, uh-huh. right? It's not doing us any good. Well, it's bringing it to our refineries. It's bringing it to our refineries, but I, you know, we have plenty of our own oil to bring to our refineries. I don't know if it's—is it really pumping up the economy that much by bringing these tar—is it tar sands or something like that? It's coming from either, I believe, tar sands, yeah. which, as I understand, is not a, a particularly clean and pleasant way to collect oil no, it's as not. well. So I'm not crazy about that personally. And then it's like, you know— I can't imagine people are getting a shit ton of money to allow this thing to tear across their properties. Yeah. You know? So I, I'm not 100% for it. If they could be like, yes, and actually show that it's going to create all these jobs in these, you know, middle of the, of the of the country states that are desperate for this kind of stuff, I would probably be like, well, that makes a little more sense to me. Yeah. The, you know what I think is the piece of information that they're, that I've never heard? That I think would answer the whole question, uh-huh. because I, I I do think that the points that are the official points on both sides are probably a crock, right? Um, but really, if this oil's going to go from here to here anyway, regardless, mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's not like people are going to stop using oil because they don't build this pipeline. Right. What is dirtier? Making a pipeline or trucks or trains carrying this oil? Right. Because it's going to go there anyway. Which is which right. is cleaner and which is dirtier, you know? Well, is it going to go there anyway? Yeah, it probably will. <clears throat> I mean, it's only... Pa- so this is so again. This is because I don't know a goddamn thing about this, right? It doesn't really, in in the scheme of my life here in New York City, it doesn't affect it much. So it's kind of like, okay, I know this is a bad thing, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. But everyone I hear says it's a bad thing, so it's probably a bad thing. Um, but if this pipeline isn't running through here, is this stuff going to come to our refineries? I mean, is this oil that we're buying? To sell in the United States, or is this oil that they just need to refine and then go? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like I get what you're saying, and there, there's, there makes some sense. This is why nothing is ever cut and dry. Nothing. It always falls somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I, I did find something that's cut and dry though. Yeah. What's that, my so, friend? So, as I was saying, there's a lot of problems I found to breaking into the energy industry to uh-huh. make some money uh-huh. you know everything that you think like that looks like an easy way not an easy way right. it's already it, old money blocked these roads right. you well, know what i mean yeah uh but one thing i did find is uh there is a gentleman uh named weehawk soon uh-huh who was found to have been paid million by fossil fuel companies to basically put out false information about climate change. Uh Uh-huh. So he was anti-climate change, putting out false information, and paid $1.2 million for this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if you guys want to get a piece of this action, Mm -hmm. uh, you might want to start a blog. <laughs> uh, you might want to make yourself look more official, in which case you can get an online degree. Uh, you know, in you climatology can do, or climatology. something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a, a fake online degree, actually. A fake online well, degree. Well, I, I have a. Um, I'm an internet priest. Well, that's yeah. I I I was one of those. Yeah. But I initially got it through uh, the Church of the Subgenius. Oh, okay, that's because, a different one. Than yeah, I a, know a friend of. Do you know who the subgenius are? No, uh, no. It's this kind of like joke religion that is like a blend of sales and <laughs> aliens and uh, religion. I guess right. It sounds like our show. Yeah, and they it basically they had all these kind of comics and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, so a friend of mine and I were going to do a show on them when I lived in Chicago. So I went out and got this uh, ministry for it, and it came with a free doctorate in forbidden sciences. <laughs> so I'm actually a doctor of forbid- forbidden science. What are the forbidden sciences? Oh, we have covered many in here. <laughs> <laughs> and we will cover many more. Uh-huh. But so, yeah, you know, get, get, a, get a fake degree to put a little clout behind your name. Maybe go out and uh, don't afraid to not be original. Go for the stereotype. Get a big picture and a lab coat, and just you know, go to a Halloween store and buy one. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So th- this guy was just a blogger, huh? Uh, well, he was a, a researcher, but uh-huh. he was not really doing research. Right. He was just shilling for the fossil fuel companies who paid him one point two million dollars. Let me repeat that, folks. One point two. 
1.2 mil. Million. That's a lot of money to just sit and write a blog. That's man. right. That's amazing. I, you know, I ran into some walls myself. I was trying to think, you know, what kind of crazy thing could you turn into energy mm-hmm. that hasn't kind of been thought of yet? And, you know, we've been so dependent on fossil fuel for so long and anything having to do with that. I mean, that's an Illuminati thing. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if you know, uh, <clears throat> the Illuminati took all of Tesla's work mm-hmm. and I killed him yeah. and killed him and then foisted upon us Einstein's theories, which have be sort of been the working ideas of theory, you know, uh, because how else could the Illuminati make money on free energy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, I mean, once you get into the Illuminati, we all know that's old money. That's a lot of money. That's, oh, that's old money, That's yeah. organized money. It's secret money. Um, and if they're controlling energy, which they are, mm-hmm. it's hard to break in there. You know, we've had that, you know, this discussion about other things that the Illuminati controls, but we always seem to find a way around it. And so I thought, well, you know, we know about the obvious renewables, right? Wind, solar. Um, but then I thought, you know, what is it that we as human beings have that's ours, right? That we can claim, stake claim to, <clears throat> and uh, uh, could turn into a renewable energy form that the investment is maybe just eating, right? And so I thought, well, poo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was like, you know, because we also think in terms of like, you know, my mind went, all right, methane, that's one of the big, you know, greenhouse gases that's apparently destroying the planet is yeah. all the cow shit yeah. cow parts. A- a- around the world. You know, it's just filling it up. <clears throat> so I went thought, like, all right, let me do a little research. Man, poo gas is the next big thing. It is being done all over the world. They call it biogas. Yeah. <clears throat> they collect human feces. And urine, they're using the urine f- as as a uh, uh, straight urine because mm-hmm. it's so full of nitrogen. The first urine of the day? <clears throat> All urine. Okay. But this is maybe why we think the first urine of the day is so good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're using that as a fertilizer. And then the poo they're taking and putting in these bio chambers where it, they, they, it breaks down mm-hmm. and they capture the methane. And there are actually towns and counties around and, you know, uh, 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 in in uh, Scandinavia, which I lump all together because sure. they're all the same. I know they may not like hearing that. We may <laughs> lose some listeners, but they don't care about getting rich. They're all fucking socialists. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they have buses and factories that run entirely on biogas. Oh, if that's you great. are ever in Scandinavia and you see green buses saying biogas, that means that that bus is running on shit and farts. Mm-hmm. Right? That's amazing to me. Yeah, you could also uh, I'm sure burn it uh to create power the way we do coal. That's what I was wondering if you could do something like that. I mean, it was certainly we know it burns because that's how we our army has dealt with latrines for time immemorial. Yeah. Right, just throwing a little bit of kerosene in there and boom, yeah, and then burning it all off. Um, but so you know, that's already an industry collecting poo. There, there are guys in Malaysia who have created <clears throat> a toilet that uses a vacuum thing, and it's got two chambers in it: one for wet waste, one for solid waste, and it uses 
one-tenth of a gallon of water just to sort of get it going, and then the vacuum technology like you would use in an airplane, and it sends it right to a plant in its separate forms, um, a plant that takes the urine and uses it for uh, uh, all the things urine can be used for, apparently. So many things. Your skin, your hair, (laughs) removing, you know, pimples on your back. Yeah. Um, and the poo to one of these biogas places, and then it takes the little bit of water and makes it gray water, which basically goes right back into the uh, the the septic system, and can be used for washing dishes. Uh, would you want to wash your dishes with that, or would that be used more for like watering plants? Maybe it's and watering flushing your plant. toilet again the next time and M- things like that. Maybe it's maybe it's that. I mean, I do remember when Occupy Wall Street was here; they had a whole gray water system set up for their kitchen area. Uh huh. And it was, they had, so like they would wash their plates and the water would get filtered through the earth and then it would come back and they could then use the water for, I mean, you wouldn't drink it, obviously, but it had been all of the, supposedly all of the bad stuff had been taken out and then they would reuse it. Oh, okay. And and they pretty much set the bar for cleanliness. So uh, that's (laughs) one to run with. Yeah. Uh, No, we like them. But uh, on that note, do we have any sort of... Uh, segment that we're we do edging up towards we do and and uh we have a new segment oh right um that i think we should do now you okay with that or do you want to and that new segment is we've realized we give you tips on how to uh make money yeah but we're several shows in now and while we haven't received our tithes we know that many of you have taken our ideas are running with them and are well on your way to becoming extraordinarily wealthy, possibly even in the 1%. So what we realize is maybe we should give you tips on how to spend your money. That's right. And if uh, you still haven't made that money, maybe it'll give you the inspiration to get off your butt, make some money, collect your poo, collect your pee. So here's our tip, uh, our uh, how to spend money. That's right. Brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, here we go. Here we go. Living in some rinky-dink mega-mansion simply won't do. Yeah, because in the world of billionaires, buying a mega-home is as easy as grabbing a pack of Twizzlers at the checkout. Just ask billionaire Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. He bought this Dallas mansion for $15 million in 2000 without ever laying eyes on it. This is my house, Casa de Cubana, and believe it or not, I bought this house sight unseen. There you go. When you are rich, you can buy things sight unseen. $15 million house, sight unseen. The best part is when you listen to shows like that without watching them, you really hear the sound effects in the background. Oh, yeah. And they really jack them up for you. Oh, yeah. There's There's a little bit of mind control going on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sight unseen. Welcome to Casa de Cubana. Yeah. I'm waiting for Casa de Denine. Oh, it is coming right now. I'm <laughs> Apartmento de Denine, but uh, a Studio de Denine. <laughs> no, it's a one bedroom. Okay, there you go. One uno, bedroom de Denine. Uh, uno bedroomo. <laughs> uno bedroomo. <laughs> Del Denine. We're gonna not have a. We're gonna have a real problem when we do languages. I think it's a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> you know, I I uh, was in Panama one time, and I. In my mind, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm not good at Spanish, but I can get myself 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I've worked in restaurants and I can communicate. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I realized when I'm talking to people that know no English, all I'm really doing <laughs> is speaking with a little bit of a Hispanic <laughs> accent and putting O on the end of my words. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, my my images of myself as... <laughs> As a linguist, yeah, as someone who can get around the world, yeah, yeah. You realize when you do that, um, like when I worked in kitchens when I was a chef, and you 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 realize how much really most of your uh, uh, Spanish language skills are just curse words, mm-hmm. right? Calling a guy a motherfucker oh, sure, or, sure. or or a puto or whatever, yeah. And then when you get out in the real world, and you know you get sort of uh, that ingrained in your head, and so you start speaking Spanish to someone using whatever you know, and you're you're realizing I'm about to call him a motherfucker. I better pull back right yeah. about now. Yeah, you know, for any of you people out there who are working in restaurants, I got one that was a crowd pleaser. Uh, so you know the, all the chinga de madre and all that. Like, uh huh. Best comeback that they loved. They loved mm-hmm. was chinga mafinga. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a crowd pleaser in the kitchen guys so pull it out use it for yourself you don't even have to tithe on that one chinga my finger <laughs> that is i wish i had had that one in the days yeah back in the days i don't speak spanish at all anymore not okay. even kitchen spanish okay I just don't use it yeah you, know, you lose a language if you don't use yeah, it. yeah you do you I, i'd like to have a little more you don't also like to have a little more of money. <laughs> uh, uh, so back to the topic of uh-huh. how it it really was a harder subject to research than than I imagined. I was talking at work to one of my coworkers, mm-hmm. and he jokingly said, "Oh, you know, do a potato clock. <laughs> you know, the little potato that you put the little wires in, uh-huh. and it can." powered a small digital clock uh-huh so i started looking into that right um so yeah you you got the potato you put the little sticks in it the metal sticks and they're attached to a wire they power a small clock uh and other people have been researching this too really yeah uh if you boil that potato uh-huh. you get 10 times the power from it because at first i was like how much power do you need to to because I wanted to figure out a way not just to, you know, lessen my energy expenses, mm-hmm. but really make money right. and become rich. Absolutely. So uh, so if you boil a potato, you get 10 times the power. Mm-hmm. And instead of sticking the metal sticks into it, if you slice the potato uh-huh. and have flat metal things that you sandwich that potato with... Uh-huh. You get like something like five times more power there as well, to the point where you can fully light a room, a good sized room with LED lights, for forty days with a single potato. With a single potato. A single potato. Uh, so at this point, I'm starting to think, all right, maybe I can actually do something with this, uh-huh. right? And this is a tip, uh, along with chinga my finger. <laughs> Uh, that really goes out to to the restaurant workers, uh-huh. maybe some farmers, mm-hmm. uh, particularly fast food workers, because uh, if you have access to waste potatoes, mm-hmm. we as a country 
waste 60%, over 60% of the potatoes we grow. Uh huh. And fast food restaurants in particular, they throw out 50% of the potatoes they cook. So they should have like in like in like they have recycling. They should have just a bin for French fries. Well, yeah, and if you work there, maybe you can make your own bin for French fries. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, or if you know some people that work in different fast food establishments, uh-huh. <laughs> you can uh, grease the wheel a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Say hey, yeah. you know, give me all your potatoes, and I'll give you free lighting in a room for forty days. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but the the boiling of the potato, mm-hmm. the how that made the factor right. go up, it wasn't it, it it wasn't the boiling or the wetness or the heat of it. Uh-huh. It was actually it broke down the potato, so it allowed the electricity to pass to pass easier through yeah. it. So a, a fried potato, I would I would imagine. <laughs> Right, it's just cooking the potato. Yeah, uh, would do it's, the same thing. Right, breaking down the cell structure. Although the barrier of the crispy fried exterior may well, be problematic. You'd have to maybe mash them, mash or them all like together. That. But I figure. Can you imagine if you had a fucking garage full of mashed potatoes? You could light your whole house. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, you could well more than light your house. You could light the According block. According to everything I'm reading, you could well more than light your house. And if you could just get a few fast food restaurants to give their waste to you maybe a couple potato farms who are throwing out potatoes because they're ugly potatoes and yeah we don't oh, that's eat a whole, ugly potato that's a whole other thing you know? yeah uh you, you start getting your hands on this and you maybe start small go block by block taking over and then Reinvesting, right? Your in more potatoes, in more potatoes, and wires, and, and more bribes to fifteen-year-old kids right. who work at fast food restaurants. <laughs> uh, next thing you know, you have your own power company. Yeah, that is built solely on refuse potatoes that uh-huh. have been repurposed and made into. The biggest, baddest potato clock you ever saw <laughs> using the cutting edge of technology. <laughs> that, uh, uh, I mean, I got to be honest, I think that is it. Yeah, I think right that's there. a good one. I think that's really, I mean, you know, I really, I got to be honest, I came up with nothing that you could actually, that sort of, you know, everything I did, I was running into, the, okay, that's done, that's done, that's done. Yeah. That has not been done. It has not been done. <clears throat> and it, it can be done. No. Uh, yeah. You, you, you know what you could do? Uh, they tried to do something like this in Africa. Uh-huh. Researchers tried to apply this wasted potato technology to uh, the poor in parts of Africa. Mm-hmm. And there was a big kickback against it because it was seen as like an insult to have potato power lights in your house. So if if we were to combine this, if if we were to run across this problem, which I don't think we would because we would ship the power out on wires or something like that. Right, absolutely. But but if we did, all we got to do is apply what we've learned in our fashion episode uh-huh. of branding, branding, branding. <laughs> 
and uh, <laughs> we can make it you can, you can make it cool again to have a potato clock. It would all be alliteration, the power of the potato. Yeah. It would all be about the power of the potato, the super spud. Yeah. Things like that. Have a little hipster with a potato. Uh-huh. And- Sitting there, got his iPhone jammed into his potato. Oh, yeah. Chatting away. Yeah, yeah. You don't need a backup battery. I got my fucking potato. Boom. 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 <laughs> I, I, I find it weird that they found it uh, uh, offensive. Like, was it a status thing? Yeah, it was. Interesting. And people did not want, I guess, their neighbors knowing right. that they had potato power. Right. And or... they were, and we're talking about sort of like one room things where the potato was actually powering, like in their home, powering that light bulb kind yeah. of thing, I assume. Not yeah. like there's a potato power factory and the wires are coming across the. Uh, the Glen. Yeah. I think it's a good way. And then the beauty of it is, as the potatoes die out, you can then turn it into potato mash. You can turn it into whiskey. into Well, not whiskey, but vodka. That I did think about that. I, I did think about what else you could do with that. And you could make it into vodka. Mm-hmm. And then you could even take the pulp afterwards and burn that pulp. Right. But I was like, one, one million at a time. Right. Yeah. No, 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 no. Right. You, you, you know, you're going to have to figure out what to do because that potato is rotting away and, and it's going to, you know, it's got a, a certain lifespan and it's going to start smelling really badly. Yeah. So it's some, you got to figure out what to do with it that. And if you start making it a mash, you know, making it into booze, because then, you know, booze is also energy fire, especially if you've got like a hundred proof. I mean, you can keep the home fires burning a long time with that. Sure. Ethanol. Ethanol. Is- right. Alcohol added to gas. Right. So That's there you it. go. You can start you can start your own ethanol factory with your, your used up potato. <coughs> wow, this is I, I'm my mind boom. See? My mind is blown with anything this. out there. We can teach you guys how to make Bazilzos. <laughs> that that just sounded so wrong on so many levels. That was so wrong. Um I I, I didn't I guess, you know, the potato is really like a super thing. I mean, you know, look, Ireland survived on it. Yeah. It can grow anywhere. Anywhere. It lasts a long time. It lasts a long time. It can grow like, I mean, I've seen things where you can take a four by four, four foot high box and you can grow a hundred pounds of potatoes in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, you can find it anywhere online. Just put like potato box. And it's like four by four, and then I think four feet high oh, as man. well. You could power, uh, or or at least light, I would bet you this whole house for a year with that many potatoes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right, folks, take this one, guys. Yeah. yeah. Take this one. Yeah, and you Someone know what? do this. We probably have something else for you guys to take right now, because it's probably about the time to get to our Get Rich Quick Tip of the Week brought to you by Radio Free Brooklyn, which is every week. We give you a lot of ways to get rich in our main topic, but then we also give you a little tidbit, a little turtling nugget to... <laughs> turtling nugget? Yeah. To, <laughs> to uh, get rich another way, you know? So if you don't have time to listen to the whole show, listen to the tip of the week. Makes millions. Come back. Listen to the rest. Make mo millions. Yeah, I'm still waiting to hear from Progress uh, from last week to see if uh, any of the tips we gave her helped her get her... Hundred million naira. Well, maybe that's why she has not gotten back because right. she is counting monies. That's true. All right, so here we go with the get rich quick tip of the week. Welcome to Mobile Home University. This is our teacher Frank Rolf. He's made a fortune from trailer parks. So have billionaires like Warren Buffett and Sam Zell. 
Step one, buy a cheap trailer park. Step two, make a few renovations. Step three, jack up the rent. Step four, repeat. Now guys, like I tell you, this park, I believe, is a sex offender park. Everyone in here is a sex offender. I could be wrong. <laughs> We're gonna find out, but I think that's the deal. On so 20 years ago, I started in taking in can mostly, it's all convicted felons. We have a few that are not. And now I bought last year a park down the street, got rid of all the families, the drug dealers, the prostitutes, bringing convicted felons. And then I bought the property across the way. So I have some handouts for you. 100% occupied or? Oh, we are a thousand percent occupied. Okay. We have one or two or three people per trailer because <clears throat> the guys have no place to go. This is a great property because we're on the bus line. What's now, the turnover? when they die, stay forever. stay forever. They have no place to go. So I don't know if you heard that because it was a little low, but the question to her was, what's the turnover rate? Oh, yes. And her response was, when they die, because they have nowhere else to go. That's right, you guys. It worked for Australia. <laughs> it can work for you. <laughs> <laughs> Buy a mobile home and turn it into a sex offender living area. Yeah. Wow, that's in, great. In the video of that, that came from The Guardian UK. And in the video of that, when they uh, pull up to the gates, of uh, in the because they're in a bus and the, the whole class is going to visit this place when they pull up to the gates they flash on a big sign right on the gate no children allowed wow uh-huh oh wow but and, and it really is <clears throat> the same business model as how australia was founded yeah send a bunch of criminals somewhere although yeah. australia, australia's doing great yeah doing now they are yeah yeah i mean I would, I would love to go there uh yeah you probably would because you're a sex offender <laughs> What I'm trying to say, guys, is uh... <laughs> um, no. You know, it's kind of what you know. The difference is, is uh, these guys in Australia, they sort of had to, uh, uh, you know, make a life there. Mm -hmm. These guys just sort of sit around their trailer smoking cigarettes and uh, trying to stop themselves from sexually abusing minors. <laughs> <laughs> Primarily. I think is is the situation. So it they're not exactly homesteading. No, but but you know what? One day some sex offender's going to move on there with real leadership qualities <laughs> and he's going to rally them and they're going <laughs> to I don't know. Yeah, I I think that is that is certainly a possibility. Um but clearly, you know, uh uh the way to make a lot of money is create mobile home parks where you can take advantage of uh, former criminals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were saying that that some of these guys in the the ones that like, because they when she says she has like two, three people staying in a, living in a trailer, it's like she's got three bedroom trailers double wides and it's three people who don't know each other. It's not like a family. So they each have their own room and she's renting these rooms apparently for like five fifty a month mm -hmm. for each room. So one double wide is making her like $1,700 a month in the middle of nowhere, Florida. Um, that's pretty crazy. That's a lot of money. Okay. Um, and then there's a whole, apparently there's also a whole thing, which I had actually heard about. I had a client who had done this for a while. He was from Seattle, and he's a uh, graphic designer and an artist. But one of the ways he was sort of making money to make his move to New York was apparently there is a big thing with... Uh, mobile home flipping okay where people buy dilapidated mobile homes for anywhere from like 500 to a thousand dollars 
and then fix them up and then you know which really only costs you if you're putting in the labor only costs you a couple grand and then resell them for like $7500 and then in reselling them for that money <clears throat> because most people who are buying mobile homes can't afford that to shell out $7500 they make them high interest rate loans <laughs> Oh man! To pay out over like a two-year period of time, Ugh. and they end up making like in in a forty-eight month period of time, they end up making like a three hundred to four hundred, sometimes even five hundred percent profit. Wow! You know what? Just just to show you the state of our society, uh-huh. right? Compare that story with one of the things I researched was buying oil wells. Uh huh. And uh, the, I I scrapped the idea because when I looked at the price of oil wells. They were pretty expensive, right. right? They were the cheapest thing I found was uh, three hundred and thirty thousand dollars, but they were well into the millions. A lot of these, right? So mm-hmm. I figured, not a good thing to be thrown out there for get rich quick. If we're already rich, then we don't need we don't need to get rich quick. Right. We can do whatever we want. But if you buy an oil well, mm-hmm. sixty to seventy five percent of the investment cost. Uh huh can be written off out of your personal income, basically taking a third of the price off of whatever you're buying, right? So if you were buying a $330,000 oil well, Uh you're basically just paying uh, $220 because you're not paying taxes on all the rest of that money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I did have a tip. If you are going to go out there and buy an oil well (laughs) and... You uh, can get sixty to seventy-five percent of your investment written off your taxes. I would take the seventy-five percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good tip. Deb and I were at a wedding. I was the best man at a wedding, and and they were. Uh, it was in Orange County, and and the wedding was held on this in California on this beautiful property, like sort of up in the hills somewhere. But right kind of smack dab in the middle of the property is an oil derrick that's just cha-chunking away, yep. bucking horse, bucking horse. And we took all sorts of photos by that oil derrick. You know, like, y- you see that a lot in Canada, in Ontario. Where you'll just see oil derricks in people's property all yep. along the way. Yep. It's crazy. And that's a way to make money. You yeah. know, plop your, plop your property down on some land that's got a little oil in well, it. Well, and, th- and that's what I was looking to do, but right. uh, it, it still isn't, it's not bargain basement getting in. No, but you don't have to, you know, you don't have to do it. Someone will pay you to put that stuff on your property. Oh, they sure, pay you if a, you have the property. Right, yes. exactly. Yeah. You just have to, you know, go and get school, learn how to find oil property, yeah. and then just buy it and then have someone else pay you to do it. It's passive income. Yeah. Nothing wrong with passive income. Yeah, marry into the Inuit community. That, there you go. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, we're at that time, I think. We are. Uh, so... Uh, about this time, brought to you by, by Radio Free Brooklyn, we go through our schemes that we have hatched in our episode, and we match them up against get-rich-quick rules culled from the internet, the fount of all knowledge, to see how well we did today. Yep. So today's rules come from LifePard, your life companion in personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is entitled The Super Wealthy Mindset, 21 Golden Rules of the Rich. Obviously not going to do all 21 of them, but here's uh, some terse ones. Okay. Uh, number one, wealth is not a reward. It is a consequence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems to me it's a consequence. You're working hard gathering those potatoes. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, if we get to the point where you can actually start selling your shit to these biogas people, pooping is a consequence of eating. That's right. And, and you know, this isn't the show that we're doing, like our lottery show or shows where we're talking about uh, magic spells or anything like that. We, we, yeah, we are really working for our money this time, even if it means you're collecting $1.2 million for trashing global warming. Right. Um, number two, real wealth does not come from fees. It comes from deals. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is all about the deal. It's all about the deal. Yeah. Um, building wealth means working as if you never needed the money. It means pursuing a grand vision even long after the financial returns are in. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're collecting potatoes out of garbage mm -hmm. to mash them together, you're not doing you're doing this because you love it. Yeah. And because <laughs> you love it. You love it. Yeah. So uh, I think we're three for three yeah, right I now. I think we have time for one more here. One more. Yeah. OK. And uh, if you don't understand it, don't even try investing in it. I think we kind of proved that out a little bit here. There were certain things we didn't understand, and we 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 hit that wall and we walked away from it. But in doing so, we came around and we found something, namely potatoes, potato energy. Yeah, and blogs and blogs. Don't uh, one point two million dollars. That's for, true. That's for true. We didn't delve into the we, Coke brothers. We didn't delve into that. We no. didn't delve into that. And I, I feel, but I feel like I don't know. Me personally, that potato one, like I said, boom, yeah. blew my mind. Anyway, uh, so we are four for four. Once again, another successful Get Rich Quick with Josh and Noel. <laughs> you will get rich listening to us, people. And when you do, you know, the deal is just tithe us. That's right. So, uh, you guys, you might want to reach out to us, too. Uh, Touch us. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at GRQJoshNoel. You can uh, email us at GRQ with Josh and Noel. You can go to our Facebook page, Facebook slash GRQ Josh Noel. Um, listen to us if you're listening to us on iTunes. Subscribe, guys. Subscribe. And, and uh, rate and review us. It makes <laughs> a big difference. We'd like to hear what you have to say. If you hate the show, give us a bad review and a bad rating. That's fine. No one's listening to you anyway. Yeah. But we, but we like to read it. Anyway, and as always, uh, Herschel underscore the underscore Doxador on Instagram. Uh, love on you, and we will uh, talk to you again in a week. That's right. Don't spend all that knowledge in one place. <laughs>